which you've given for us to approach you. We want to come before you to partake of you, of your blessing. Thank you, Father. We give you all the praise. We worship you. We give you all the glory. Thank you, our Father. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. happy to be here this afternoon slash morning. Just take a moment to just say hello to your neighbor. Hi neighbor. How are you doing? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. It's good to see our faces again. It's good to Take of each other's uh, countenance. It's awesome to be here again. So we give God a praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Um, okay, uh, it's 12 o'clock. So a little bit after 12. So. I'm trusting that uh, I won't spend much time today. And uh, just, no, let's say about, I won't say 30 minutes, but let's say about an hour. Let's say an hour and then. Enjoy. Enjoy. Amen. <laughs> I know 
I'm, I'm talking how, how I just feel. That's what I mean. I just feel like, you know, as you see me like this, I don't have anything to say, honestly. I'm just uh, trusting the Lord. Uh, I'm following the Spirit of the Lord. And uh, amen. amen. We'll see what we'll do from there. Sorry, can I have a, a, a tissue quickly? Something like a tissue or, yeah, or wipes. Just a quick work. Anyone? Yes. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. It's good to be here again. It's good to be back here. So we thank God for how he has been helping us. We thank God for his mercy, his grace. Um, we thank God for, for grace to fellowship. Thank God for keeping each and every one of us. Uh, we thank God for how God accept us in a little measure uh, to even be able to flock in even a little way. Um, but we are trusting God that God will give us much more grace Amen. to be able to flock together. Amen. That Amen. we become a flock of God. Amen. Uh, Amen. And we exhibit that nature. Amen. Amen. So we thank God and uh, uh, was a blessing even in the course of the week, you know, seeing each other and just talking about scripture was such a blessing, was such a great, great blessing. And we thank God for that. And we are trusting God for for more of such, Amen. such encounters. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Um, uh, is there anything else I'm missing? I think also... I want to just, uh, hmm, there's, a, there's a thought in my heart earlier, but I, I can't remember now, but I was just uh, encouraging us, you know, as we pray. I guess one of the things is, you know, sometimes when we pray, uh, and as we are praying, and prayer points are coming, right? It's possible to uh, shift a bit from, you know, the point, right? You know, because that related with our, maybe, maybe, we are praying about something maybe that has even happened during the course of the week. Sita can take occasion of that as to start, you know, being offended in the prayer or, you know, the preaching or things like that. But I want us to wrestle Sita, right? We are, we are all, what we are doing, we are growing. So, and as, as we are growing, the Lord is going to help us. And this prayer are things that we need to pray for. Amen. So, it's for great help. Is, is for for us to be thoroughly furnished, for us to be to be the way the Lord wants us to be. Amen. Amen. Um, we can't be the way the Lord wants us to be without receiving help from God. And whatever the Lord is, you know, springing forth for us to pray for prayers. You no, know, and one thing you, you always realize is that, uh, irrespective of. Uh, maybe whether you know, we've seen people or maybe our conversations, you realize that there's always an occasion to be offended, mm-hmm. right? Because we are around the things yeah. that deals with our things. 
right? And I think the beauty of the flocking together is that we can we can graciously see our shortcomings and be happy and not be ashamed of it. Right? When I say happy in the sense that we are happy to be free, to receive help, we are not ashamed. Amen. You know, no Satan, Satan can sit anywhere, you know, maybe because of a weakness, right? And then maybe because he should somehow. We can feel like, ah, you are the worst of all the flock. Let me go and hide. <laughs> or maybe when they're now raising prayer, pertaining that point, it's possible <laughs> the mind will now start thinking, is it because we've had that conversation or is it me that they're talking that's why that prayer is coming? No, not really. Right? It's Satan that makes us think that way. Yes, sir. Because um, the, the prayers is what our heart should normally pray for. Right? So if there's grace to pray about them, one of the things that we should be comfortable with is not to be ashamed. That's, I, I would say shame. Shame is... Shame is religious. The sense where I'm coming from is, it's possible, maybe we have a shortcoming, right? It's possible to try and hide it because of shame, right? And we will not be able to receive help. So the Lord needs to, and I see that shame thing is, heaven needs to release grace into the heart. And we also have to agree too, and not to be ashamed. Amen. So that, and there should be grace, you know, such that maybe somebody fall. The other should not be too quick to point fingers. Yeah. Mm. It, it help, also helps the flock to be able to express. So there's no, and when we're, especially when we're in the spiritual atmosphere, and maybe we're identifying one thing or the other, nobody should be ashamed. Yes, sir. I mean, okay, they are pointing to my thing. No, no, no not, mm. nothing like that. We are all growing and receiving help. Yes. Amen. Yes. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, I'll spend 15 minutes out of my one hour. So, <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. So, I'm happy to see each and every one of us. Um, so, I'm trying to see the direction uh, this morning. Nothing is standing out. So, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping maybe you know, we'll see how the Lord would, would help us. I'm just Amen. submitting my heart to the Lord for help. Um, in that case, that being said, I think one of the things that came to my heart is to ask us to, you know, uh, have we been blessed in the past meetings? Yes. Okay, awesome. Uh, is, can someone give us a, let's say, a quick summary of our last, let's say, just two, our last two meetings? Amen. Saturday, Tuesday. Okay. And if it's Saturday, is awesome. Then if somebody can also help. Tuesday, that's awesome. Um, I have to to Tuesday. Okay. Mm. I think, sorry, will it reach, hopefully? Oh, yay. Awesome. Amen. I think it can reach, yeah. All right. On Saturday, yes. it, was, it was a breakthrough in the spirit. Mm. Because things were being bettered 
walk for things spiritual will be bet better than us. Okay. And by the help of the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. we were able to go through Ephesians 1. Yeah. And we saw that you touched on spiritual blessings. Yes. How the Lord has blessed us. And you were showing us how if the Holy Spirit is the down payment of our inheritance, how can anything earthly be after the Holy Spirit? Mm. Okay. So you were showing us how there are things, places in heavens, yeah. in the heavens that we can have access to. Okay. If um, going back to past what Pastor Jeff said, our, our minds are always busy. In yes. the, like we're, we're, we're so quick to just think about other things. Yeah. But you were giving us that, I feel you were beckoning us the hunger for things spiritual, to desire it, and to look for, like you were showing us how there are things that God wants to give. Yes. In the Garden of Eden, you showed us how Adam's relationship with God was. That was he talking about, like what would he would have been talking to Adam about? and how he was giving him his things. Yeah. And God is more than willing to give us his things in this yeah. present yes. time to how we should, we should taste for them, we should want them, we should desire yeah. them. And uh, that was being better than us on Saturday. Mm. Amen. Yeah. Thank you so much. Does anybody want to, want to add to that? Thank you so much. Just uh, the part of it. Amen. I think you you said like um, can't remember how the term you use, but you said you were showing us. So you started with the Holy Spirit, spiritual gifts. You started with the Holy Spirit, mm. and then you were um, amplifying it. You were excavating like the gift of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And you, you mentioned, I, I, I don't know, I, I, I stand to be corrected, so I don't know if you went on to the other ones, because you said they were some, um, the Holy Spirit is the first, and then you were going on, of the spiritual blessings, you were going on, but I don't, you, you ran through them, but you did not go through them <laughs> one by one, sort of, but you, you really, you really opened up the realm of the Spirit okay. to us, yeah. Add a little to what she said about Saturday. So I remember Saturday we were talking about um, we started with spiritual blessings, Ephesians one. But we before we go to spiritual blessings, we first we couldn't move past the first verse where it said, "Paul, an apostle of God by the will of God." So we sat on the will of God, understanding what will is. It's not just praying. Uh, oh, I want. I want to, um, Father, I want to know your will concerning who to marry, concerning my job, concerning my career. But there's a will. Will is is what is the thing, the things of God. And I remember we spoke about good, acceptable, and perfect will. And then you say, you mentioned something that God's will is perfect will. Usually it's a spectrum that man creates to to now begin to divide good, okay, acceptable, okay, I don't know, I don't want to use the word permissive, but in our own, yeah. the ways we have, our soul 
spectrums of what God is saying. Mm. So it, to us, like it's like a long spectrum, but in God, it's just this. This is it. This is my will. But God accommodates accommodates that because of who we are, how we are, right? But He has this will, and that will is His things. His things that He has, He are blessings, and His things are blessings. That's when He mentioned. And said all spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus, and those in heavenly places. That those blessings they are in heavens. I remember you talked about chapters of heaven briefly. Mentioned the whole the the um, the realm of dominion, power, host, the seraphims and cherubims. Like say those are those show the the levels of blessings. That's the measure of blessings. That those are what are in Christ. The blessings of in Christ are. In, we have to come into those blessings. That's the will of God for us to come into those yeah. blessings. And when we're talking about, we will not journey down to what man think will is, and how man journey down to yeah. flesh to becoming flesh to then judge, reduce the judgment of God's what God's will actually is. We have not put it into carnal things, into yeah. our natural life. And then I remember we started talking about how things were not so in the beginning. This was not the way God is was, like God's thoughts towards man was, like the communication he had with Adam, where Adam was dwelling was in the heaven of the earth. I remember we mentioned that and we're talking about how we, that's where we ought to dwell, that's where we ought to come into. And then we, uh, I can't remember how we enter into the spirit, but that's when we travel down to the earnest of our inheritance. Yes, yeah. the promise, like Edith said, that is the beginning of the promise. That means there's more to come. Is the is the is the is the uh, there's the word they say the seal of our of our inheritance. And then you started exploring on how we need to drink more of the spirit to be able to come into. Uh, the fullness of our inheritance. We can't come into the fullness of our inheritance in summary without the spirit. It's the spirit that will take us there. It's the earnest. It's what will bring us there to the fullness of our inheritance. Thank you. Thank you so much. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay. So nobody wanted to. Anybody else? Anybody else? <laughs> she has working for us. I do, but if you have something, yeah. say it, okay? It's not okay. Um, I think um, on Saturday also, what really um, spoke to me was when um, I think you were explaining how our minds as human beings, because we're in this world, and like we're so conditioned to the natural, like yeah. things that we see. But just so focused on you can go this, and you're just thinking about only things that are natural. Yeah. And it was more of opening our eyes, of opening my eyes to see that there is a world beyond the natural, and that I can be taking thought of that world. So I can be in this world, but not my thoughts are not just on things that are in this world. Like there, and that's what you were talking about. There. Are Blessings of God in heavenly places that have nothing to do with what I'm seeing. So I was like, just elevating, I think we're talking about elevation, so yeah. how yeah. we should be elevated, yeah. whereby we're not just taking thought of just, oh, 
things that I hear. And practically, I just saw it as a, as a thing where, you know, we can be in Winnipeg and it's like very, very cold, you know. Every time you just want to be cold, just cozy inside. Oh, yeah. And that, if, you're, if you look at it naturally, you'll be, they'll, I feel like the, the condition of the city is kind of depressing. The <laughs> natural condition. Yes. Freezing, it'll freeze your brain like you can't even think. But as, as uh, from what from just what I it was like it's setting fire on the snow such, mm. such that I, I'm living in this inside the freezer, but yeah. I'm like blazing at the fire because wow. my mind is not I'm not I'm not on this level. Like my mind has ele ele my mind my thoughts have elevated because mm. of the thoughts I'm taking. I'm not taking thoughts of my car, my this, my yes. that. But my thoughts have elevated such that regardless of the situation around me, I'm finding grace in God to take thoughts of God. So I can be in this city and I won't be depressed. Yes. I won't be I won't be weighed down with situations yes. around. And the only difference is that where my thoughts I'm not taking thoughts of the natural. So I'm, I'm finding grace to take thoughts of the blessings of God that you mentioned are in heavenly places. So if my mind is there always, in that position, in that place. So it will help me. So that's just what I got from that one. And then on Tuesday, I sorry, just I just I feel like it was just uh, more of helping us to detach from worldly things. I think we spoke about the loss of the flesh and how we should just detach. There's a detachment that God wants. There's a world that God is calling us into, yes. and all of these things don't they don't take place in that world. World, yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh my God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Sorry that, sorry that I was laughing. I just, I just saw something <laughs> that was very funny. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, amen. So, I think we didn't talk more on Tuesday. I think we are talking more on Saturday. Yeah. So, okay. But I, f I feel perhaps maybe Tuesday is a little bit similar to Saturday as well, but in a different way. Um, amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So we've, we've, we are seeing the importance of moving into the life of the spirit, moving into the spirit, and enjoying, enjoying the blessing of God, uh, that there's a, there's a world that our soul can live in beyond the natural, right? There is a place where the Lord expects us to live from. And that's where God is calling us into. Well, let me put it this way. There's a calling of God, right, which is to an inheritance. 
So the calling of God is to an inheritance. And in order to get to the inheritance, they need to make a soul aware, right, of things around the inheritance. It may not necessarily be the inheritance itself, because when we get born again, we, we read in scripture about inheritance, right? We've seen inheritance, but we don't actually understand what the inheritance is, right? So we have no, so if you look from that angle, we actually don't know what inheritance is. The only time we had a sense of inheritance, right, was when heaven began to show mercy. And then we began to see things pertaining to the soul specifically. Right? Because before that, we were not seeing things pertaining to the soul. What we were seeing are things pertaining to the spirit. Right? How, how do I mean? In the sense that when we if you look at the, the, the conversation, the, the doctrine that is out, the expression of the life of God uh, per se, as at that time, what we see is, um, for example, the new creation reality that talks about we are seated in heavenly places in Christ. Right? So believe who you are, your identity in the Lord. So all those, those, those teachings or doctrines came to help us to understand our identity. But if you look at it, the identity, the, the nature of, oh, I'm just seeing it a little bit differently now. It's just now I'm just seeing it, but I haven't thought of it before, is that when you look at new creation reality and what it's doing, it's really to give the soul a sense of another place where the soul should be. If you say I am the righteousness of, of uh, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, I am seated in heavenly places. See all those conversations. What is really, if you look at exactly what he's talking about, he's trying to get the soul to look into a different place that is not that normally he doesn't look at. Amen. Now, when I say normally, uh, is that, you know, we have, we go to church, let's, let's say that we go to church, right? We do, acti- we do things that we should do in church, right? So I'm just saying that we have a sense of Christianity. But when you look at what the soul loves, or let's say after you leave church, what does the soul think about? It's almost like on Sunday, we switch in, we thank God, enjoy, and then the moment we come out of the door, it's almost like there's a flood, it's, a, it's like a flood gate, and you have, you know, like dams, you know, you hold water, 
So it's like in our mind, we have a dam. When we go to church, we dam the water, block it so that it doesn't flow. Then the moment to come out, open the floodgate in abundance. So, now, what is, what is flooding through the gate of the soul are not things pertaining to heavenly things. If our adventure, we, and this I'm talking generally, right? Because of course, there are people that God raised. Like, like, if, like it's like, uh, I mean, you can't have everybody like that. Or let's say there's people that have found grace that they were able to go beyond that, right? But generally, just looking at the nature of the soul, what is prevalent, you see that the, the order of the day is that once the soul comes out, right, you now see that everybody, the, the moment they leave the church, maybe, maybe they were even singing, Hosanna, 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 you know that, because, you know, you've received the word, bless, ah! Today was church was awesome. Now, you know, even though as you are going, it may not even be the word that is awesome. Maybe it's just the praise and worship that you enjoyed. Ah, oh, that church was beautiful day. That church was beautiful day may not may not be anything about the word. <laughs> but it might just be the jam. You know, sometimes when you jam well, right, that thing can linger, you know. And then after you finish, like in, in the old every after everything that happened, you removed the message, everything, you just no, ah, thank you, Hosanna, as you are going. Now I realize that after that Hosanna, Hosanna song that the soul is singing does not last beyond just drive, just drive past, let's say, Superstore. Superstore is even, Superstore is, is small, but just drive out, just drive out of the church. And the moment you just look at the world around, all kinds of thought. Oh, what am I going to do next? Oh, today um, I have to prepare for work tomorrow. I mean, there's nothing wrong about that. I just have to prepare for work tomorrow. Okay, what do I do? Okay, there's there is business to do. Okay, what? I, okay, start thinking about that. Uh, what else? There is food I need to cook. I mean, I'm not saying you can't you can't think of that, you know. But that's what I'm saying is that the soul moves out because. The soul have a dwelling place. The dwelling place of the soul is where its heart is. Where the heart of a man is is where the soul, that's the dwelling place. Right? Uh, there's a world that the soul should live in. Right? Uh, so, hmm. the world that the soul lives in, right, is what determines, I'm just looking for scripture, it's what determines what the soul would use all its energy to do, right? So if normally the, the world of the soul is in food, clothes, uh, Business, work, uh, what else? Things that we normally do throughout our day, day in day activities. It's possible for the soul 
to reside there. That, that is the natural world of the soul. Right? And those are the things that the soul engages. Right? So I'm talking about new creation reality, right? So even though we, we talk about we are seated in heavenly places, still yet, the, the soul may not have found strength to really be in the heavenly places. Right? Why? Because the thought of the soul, the thing that the soul is interested in, has nothing to do with heavenly places. Right? Now, we say we are seated where the righteousness. That is, that is a statement for the spirit of a man. The soul is different. When a man gets born again, right, the, the spirit is seated. Because the soul, or sorry, the spirit has all the, all the instruction of, that's pertaining to life that is in those heavenly places. He has all that information. That is why when you get a soul get born again now, it is possible that immediately they can have a sense of let's say not, not stealing. Why? Because somehow the life inside the spirit that knows that you shouldn't do that has maybe spilled a little bit of grace into the soul to find some measure of grace not to, to go and steal, right, or lie, mm -hmm. it's possible. But it doesn't mean that the soul in itself, in its entirety, has the spirit in mind, or the life of the spirit, does not have it in mind, right? So even though we were quoting all these scriptures, they apply to the spirit, but they, not, they ne don't necessarily apply to the soul because the, the program of getting a soul to sit in heavenly places is, is what heaven is writing out, right? Is what heaven is showing to believers to take, to journey in, right? So it doesn't happen in a day because of the way God has made the soul. Because, oh, let me put it this way, it's essentially important that we know what the soul is. Amen. Because without that, we, number one, we can't understand the scriptures. We might, we might understand it if we haven't, if we haven't understand that aspect of the what. Well, let me say, demystify the soul, open it up so that we are aware. Right, it's impossible for us 
to understand what, what we call salvation. Why? Because if you ask me, who is God saving? When you have salvation, what is, it, what, what is it for? Because salvation is not for the spirit. Salvation is not for the body. However, there is some, like, when you look at the encapsulating factor, you know that, of course, the body will be saved, the spirit will be saved, the soul will be saved. There's a need to save the spirit, the soul, and the body. Right? So, I mean, let me buttress that a bit. Let's read scripture. Amen. Amen. Let's read uh, uh, I believe it is First Thessalonians chapter five. I'm just I'm just re reiterating what we've learned before, so I'm watching time too, so we may not may not spend time that much. Amen. First Thessalonians chapter five, verse where's that verse? Is it five? Wait. from verse 19. Actually, let me read from verse 15. It says, See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. Hem Sophia. Miss Sophia. Hematophia. Hell soon am I. Hem Sophia. Hem Mahatophia. Helma. Helma. Amen. Okay. Let's read again. So it says, uh, See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. Say, so Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Maya, help me, help me, Holy Spirit, Homa Hayata Sin, 
Hemaswea, Helma, Helmaswea, Elmita, Emakaya Tavina Mahaya. Haya Mosufa. I come under your spirit. Spirit of the living God, I submit to you. Submit to your spirit. I submit to you, Lord Jesus. I have no words of my own. I, I know not. But I know that you have direction for us. So, Father, we ask for help. Help us this morning. Help me to align. Lord, help me. Help me. I ask for help. Help me. Help me. Help me. Amen. So, I read from verse 18. It says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So quench not the spirit, despise not prophesying, prove all things, hold fast that which is good, abstain from all appearance of evil. So and every good and ev- sorry, and the very God of peace sanctify you only. And I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord. Jesus Christ, right? So he says that, and the very God of peace sanctify you only, right? Meaning to sanctify is to make clean, right? To sanctify is to make clean, to sanctify you only. Now, that's a man they are talking to, and I pray God that your all, explaining the holy, that your all, spirit, and soul, and body, be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus. So we see here that what, the, what heaven is going to sanctify or cleanse is our whole spirit, soul, and body. Right? That all this might be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, what we have before is that because we don't know these three very well, we assume or we have the knowledge of just the spirit, not the soul, what we begin to see is that our sight concerning the program of salvation did not go beyond the spirit. So, like I was saying, then we started quoting, we are in heavenly places, but that is for the spirit. But there's, an, there's another aspect which is of the soul. And then there's another aspect which is of the body. Then we see the scripture addressing all these three. Right? In short, the scripture is written with those three in mind. When you read scripture, what they are addressing is specific. Sometimes it might be your spirit. Sometimes it might be your soul. Sometimes it might be your body. Right, but that's that's what heaven is because they want to save man, right? So God has knows why he's, he split us into three like that, right? Mm-hmm. And, you, and we know that angels they 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 also have spirit. Sorry, angels are spirit, like man is a spirit. Angels have souls, right? And they have a body. Just that the body is different from our body. Amen. 
So they have a body, they have a soul, they are spirit. It's almost like that's how God makes things living, except for animals and trees, right? Those ones are different, right? Now, you have, so when you look at an angel now, right? It's, and I believe it's a wisdom in God because he also is like that. Personally, I believe God has a body because God is tangible. God is a spirit because he's a father of all spirit. And I believe he also has a soul. Why? Because he also has emotions. Right? He has emotions. Right? For your God is a jealous God. Okay. And just that the way his own emotion is pure. His jealousy is not like our own. His jealousy is as cruel as the grave. But what that means is that it's jealousy of love. It's not jealousy of selfishness, obsession, lust, it's different. No jealousy can be pure. But we don't have the wisdom for it, for the purity of hand, until our soul is safe, really. So just, when I say jealousy can be pure, some of us will be like, ah. Does that mean that some of my jealousy? Does that mean, well, if you are like God, if, if we check you now, and from your head to toe, we check your soul, you check your spirit, you check your body, you are God, then we believe that your jealousy is pure. We agree. Don't dispute that. But if there's something missing there, hey, let's just go back to where we are. No, let's respect ourselves. We know where we are. We know that God is helping us. Hey, thank Jesus. We are going to get there one day that our jealousy will be pure. Amen. Hey, so, God has anger wrought. Those things, they come from a place of soul function. So, I believe God has that too. So, and it's not far-fetched for someone to create something from their own knowledge. Is it knowledge or from their own idea? Right? So, I can use the idea of myself to create something. Right? I'm a creator. I look at things, okay. Let me okay, let me first of all look at myself. Let me pattern things around that. Okay, I'm like this. Okay, let me create something that's similar. Right? Yeah. Then you see where God now created man. So when God created man, you didn't see anybody. Right? All you just saw was a spirit created. Then God wanted to give him a different kind of body. Which is different from what angels have. So he framed his own body, and then a breath gave man a breath, and then man became a living soul. So it's almost like that breath was the program for installing this, or for infusing the soul into both the spirit and the body, and then make it appear. Right? So, that breath is the programming. I believe if that breath is, wasn't there, just forget anything about soul living. You might have a spirit, just like you won't see it. Right? So, Adam is a spirit that has a soul that lives in the body, just like we are today. Right? But the scripture. When you now, you now see that, in the beginning, that's where it started from, right? And then, ah, okay, oh, 
So we are still looking for the message, just so you know. <laughs> Amen. We are still looking for it. Amen. Amen. So, uh, but I think there's just something that I saw earlier that I was talking about. Hopefully, I'll be able to. But anyway, so as we're going there, we see that the scripture talks about the spirit, soul, and body. When I begin to look at the epistle, you realize, and even the Old Testament, by the wisdom of God showing us the epistle, they'll begin to see that, wait, wait, wait. All these things that we have been doing, something is different. It's like we, don't, we didn't know this aspect of the soul. Receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your soul. What does that mean? You know, I mean, it, I, I know that I have seen it before. I think I've heard people quote it before. But the understanding has nothing to do with the salvation of the soul. So when they quote, receive with meekness and grafted, I don't know, maybe, I think as, at some point, we have an understanding of, uh, we shall going to be saved and go to go to heaven. Somehow, I, don't, I can't remember fully what the thought was as at that time. But one thing is clear is that at the point where we realize that, wait, there is something different. There's, there's an aspect of man called the soul. That was when separation really began for men to begin to see spiritual salvation and then being able to place the soul where the soul should be. Amen. Before then, there's some level of elevations, right? Like I said earlier, the elevation that we first come into is the elevation of the spirit, right? I call it elevation of the spirit because that is essential for to get the soul to, keep, to start looking in a place that is different from the natural. Amen? Amen. To start looking into what? A place that is different from the natural. Because it is not easy for the soul to leave the natural. Why? Because the natural is its natural habitat. Right? What it's used to is using its energy to go after career, Wealth, riches, I mean wealth, riches, yeah. To go after his own thing. Let me just put it that way, his own thing. Because when you remove wealth, riches, and all those things, there's still something that stands. is our own thing. Because you even have somebody that doesn't have money and all those things. They have their thing they go after. And so, I mean, because it's both rich and poor that have the issue. So even if they are not chasing money, there's still a problem and it is going after their own thing. So even if we are serving God, we are going to church, we are praying, and I realize that what we are really serving is not God. What we are serving is our own thing. I'll choose what because God is a who. Right, okay. Who we are serving is not God. What we are serving is our own thing. And that is the greatest problem man has. How to be moved away from their own thing. 
them, how they can take the gaze off their own thing. Amen. If God help me, what I just wanted to paint is, I just, I mean, it's just so from the aspect of, it's like on Saturday, right, we, we had so much grace to explain the, or to beautify the life of the spirit and why we should live there and why it's important to stay there. Amen. Uh, praise the Lord. It's important for the soul to shift where it's living. Amen. It's important for the soul to change where its habitat is. And there won't be and okay, let me put it this way. There, the habitat of the of the soul is in the plains. It's it's be, let me put this way, it's below standard. Amen. The thought of men naturally is below standard. Because what the standard is, is hmm, it's Trisha. The standard, okay, let me put this, the standard we can use. We know we want to use Christ, but Christ is super. I want to come to something we can relate with. Is the standard is Adam. Right? That's, that's, if you look at it, that's the standard. Because that's who God created. So man has, has gone beyond standard. Not just in, in the fall, right? Uh, but more in where we have journeyed to, right? So we see that the, stand, the, the, the falling out of standard is relating to the death in men, right? So that's, that we're, we're, the standard is you must be spiritual. Let me just put it that way. Because Adam was spiritual, and being spiritual has, not, has nothing to do with being able to pray for healing the sick, being able to pray for raising the dead, being able to pray or fast, or read the Bible. Adam doesn't have a Bible. But, <laughs> what spiritual gift? But, but Adam, and I guess that's another thing, is that Adam had, has a Bible that he reads. That Bible is what God is trying to get us to read. Adam has a Bible. What's Adam's Bible? Let's just go to the beginning. That's where we see where Adam's Bible is. Amen. Amen. Uh, let's read Genesis. Let's read Genesis chapter 3. Hmm. Actually, 
Let me read from verse 8. It says, And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid himself from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked and I hid myself. Amen. Amen. And he said, who told thee that thou was naked? Okay, that's, that's it. Uh, but you see, what I'm seeing is verse, it says that in the cool, God, he heard the voice of God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Right? So, it's almost like this is the normal life for Adam. Right, this is the normal life. This is the life Adam lives. It means that something is constant. It means Adam is in fellowship where he reads his Bible. Now, the Bible that he reads is the conversation that heaven brings to him. Or let me say that God brings to him. Why? Because Adam was also learning. It was not without knowledge. Because how, how do I know it's not without knowledge? Is that the moment he fell, he came out of the garden, then his children, he gave birth to them, then they started telling us that they started making offerings. Right? Then that's why Cain slew Abel, right? So how did he know how to offer? Right? Who taught him about offering sacrifices? Where did the knowledge of offering sacrifice come from? Obviously, he didn't cook it up. And it's, it is real because when we get to a bad prophet called Balaam, Abi, the guy knows how to call God. They call him, well, yeah, come on, cause you say, no, well, just take me to a high mountain. Okay, all right, set up seven altars for me. All right, okay, bring this. Then he offered. And do you know that God appeared? Like, and it's almost like God had no choice but to show up. Although it doesn't mean that God would do what he asked for, but what he did called God. It does not matter. God had to respect that. Now, where did that knowledge come from? That thing that Balaam have, Right? It's not, it's not something that, if you check it, I don't know, I've not read it, but if you check it, that knowledge came from Adam. Right? That knowledge came from Adam. And then, you now see people, even when, when people begin to sacrifice to idols, it's a stolen knowledge. Because where not the true sacrifice started from is offering to God. Then you see Cain cut out. Then he started doing his own thing. Of course, he knows about offering already. So he knows that we can sacrifice to a God. Then when the time of, no, okay, they killed, the time of, let's say, Genesis chapter 5 where sin and everything was you know, prevalent, uh, so we said my speech, I no longer strive with men, and then we got to the era of Noah. I'm sorry that I'm sorry a little bit this morning. Got to the era of Noah, and then Noah, right, men were, 
because all the thoughts in them were continually evil. God erased them. Then Noah had children. Then we now have, out of Noah, you have uh, Ham, Sheft, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Right? And then out of that is where we now have Nimrod. Right? <laughs> Nimrod was now a great hunter. Then he was now hunting men. Because that hunter is not hunting animal. He was hunting men. He was a great hunter before the Lord. He was a great hunter before. That's, that's, that's the arena of his hunting. So meaning that <laughs> where the Lord is, that's where he likes to hunt. So what did he do? He, literally, he pretty much took men onto idols. And he began to sacrifice unto idols. Right? That's the knowledge of sacrificing. So clearly, Adam had a knowledge which he learned. And that is how to read his Bible. Or, or, let me rephrase that. He had a knowledge, and that knowledge is from him reading his Bible. And that Bible had to do with access into blessings. Let me put it that way. Access into blessings. Because what... Why? The reason why I'm saying this is that have you ever read your Bible and you feel blessed? When you are reading your Bible and you feel blessed, you feel life. What happens is that you are actually... You are, you are touching the scripture in the spirit. Amen. So when we are reading our Bible, there is, I'm careful because this thing now. Now, because when we are reading our Bible, the Bible is called Bible, what? Passages. Oh, let's go to Bible passage. Now, what is a passage? A passage is a corridor. Right? Into a place. So they call it a passage. It allows you pass. Whatever, when they say something is a passage, it means that people take it to move somewhere. It's a passage into somewhere. So when we're not talking about the scripture, there is what we call Bible in the spirit. And it is not this one that we are reading. But this one that we read gives us access into that scripture. Amen. God will help me. I need, I, I, I need to also give scripture concerning that. right? But God will help me. In particular, that will prove it. Amen. But because of time, the, the Bible passage is a passage. How is, when you see it, you read your Bible. And as you are reading, revelation begins to flow. Now, when revelation begins to flow, or you begin to enjoy the breath from the word, is you have moved into a place. So the purpose of reading our scripture is to move you into the heavenlies. So let me put it this way. The scripture is the passage into the heavenlies. The scripture plus spirit. 
So because you can read the letter, it can kill you. But the spirit give it life. So when you have Bible and spirit put together, you have a good combo for blessing. Amen. That blessing is what we call the will of God. Like I was saying, right? That blessing. Why? Because when you are blessed, what you come to know is the will of God. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. When we come to when we come to blessing, right? What we've come to learn is the will of God. When blessing flow, what we are receiving is blessing, is will. But blessing has an intention. Blessing is not for us to feel good. Blessing is for edification. Blessing is for to edify. What does it mean to edify? It's to add flesh. Right? To edify means add flesh to it, make it meaty. <laughs> okay, and of course it's blessing. Blessing means being added to. I'm blessed. Something's added to me. <laughs> blessing is what we... When, blessing is when the will of God is made known to men. Amen. Praise the Lord. So blessing is when what? The will of God is made known to men. Where the will of God is not made known to men, there is no blessing. You can have some form of blessing, but you don't, oh, let me, let me put it this way, you don't have spiritual blessing. You can have blessing, may not be a spiritual blessing. But there's what everyone calls spiritual blessings. Spiritual blessings is what is actually meant for the soul. What the soul should go after is spiritual blessing. Right? Now, because all the what we as natural, what we call in the natural blessing is not what God calls blessing. If God wants to bless a man, so the question we should look at, if God wants to bless a man, what will he do? Simple. Now, we won't use, we can't use the present time to define what that blessing is. No, we can, if you know what to look for. But to, to make things a lot more clear, let's zoom back to the beginning. I don't know why I always go back to the beginning now, right? Most of the time, when we want to understand things a lot, you have to zoom to the beginning and just see what the Lord is doing there. Now, the Lord had an intention to bless Adam. Now, but what the Lord wants to bless Adam with is his life. So every interaction between him and Adam was for the intention and for the purpose of giving life to Adam. He had life in a measure, but that life wasn't enough. Because when he breathed the bread of life, we call it the bread of life, right? And he breathed into him, Right, the breath of life, and man became a living. So that bread, in a way, carried some blessing. Well, let me put it this way. Wherever you find breath, that's where you will find blessing. So God packaged breath, which is spirit. Right? God packaged, well, it is the spirit that, when, when you have breath, it's called spirit too. Right? Breath, spirit. 
have you have breath and that's spirit. So wherever you have spirit, that's where you find blessing. Wherever you find the breath of God, that's where you find blessing. Why? Because I believe the walking in the cool of the evening is for the purpose of breathing into Adam. The, God has programmed life in a way. Breath. Oh, it became a living so now there's a form of life in him. That life is enough to receive other breaths. Right? Which is to elevate or raise Adam above where his estate is. But we know that his estate was not even low. His estate was in the heavens. Right? Adam was in the heavens. He was not in the natural. Amen. Amen. Because he was not in the natural, its blessings can't be anything about the natural. In short, he is the blesser of the natural. He's the one that will bless the natural. How? He will give Adam, sorry, he will give Lion, you be like this. You be like this. That's blessing too. Because blessing is related to nature. The nature. The life. So a lion is a life. Because it expresses a kind of life. Even though, no matter how low it is. So it's in a way, it's still a kind of blessing. Right? So Adam blessed the natural. So Adam fell from where he's supposed to bless the natural to where he's now depending on the natural for blessing. It's not meant to be so. If all that we do every time we come to church, we pray or we gather, is to pray concerning the natural, it means we don't know why God called us. It means we have no clue what salvation is about. Right? Because it's not about going to church and clapping and praying and say, Lord, please bless my butter, bless my bread. God can do <laughs> God can bless your tea and give you butter, butter in my bread, sugar in my tea. He can do that, right? But that's not, that's not why God decided to bless Adam. That's not the purpose of salvation. Now, it's because of fall that we are all now subject to God. I mean, okay, yeah, the fall made us subject to the natural now. We have to work so that we can have money. But there's another economy where all these things that we are looking for can come from. Oh, you don't think so? We see, we see... You see, okay, a typical example. Ah, is it, ah, I just even will know this prophet. I forgot. And I remember it recently. I don't know why the name disappeared. Where the, the widow, Elijah. Oh, is it Elijah? Where the woman and the son were about to die. Say this is the last. Uh, Elijah. Elijah, yes. The, so this is the last in our house. I just want to make flour, bake bread. Me and my son will eat and will die. And I said, make for me first. You know that kind of thing. I just told you that we're about to eat this thing and just die. And I said, I should make for you. So you want our death to come sooner? Right? But you see there, what was in display is a display of a need for faith. Why? Because faith can fetch things from a different world. See this natural. We walk there. We make money. But do you know that that's not where your money comes from? That's not where 
your supply comes from. The supply comes from, the supply, oh sorry, let me put it this way, and let me rephrase that. As children of God, that's not where our supply comes from. Because in the natural, that's where it comes from. Men that don't know about this new world, they have no clue about how resources can flow from there. And it's Satan that did that to make sure that both Christians and unbelievers, they focus on the natural to get their things. Amen. So, what the soul has been trained to do is think on the natural. Look for the natural. Think about your thing. Don't look to the thing of the other. Make sure that you are always having a... I don't know where that thing came from, but God will deliver us. Amen. Amen. Have edge above your brother. Now, have edge above the nation. And if you check it, everybody is... They are, we are all men, no? We all, we all have eyes. We all have nose. We all have mouth. One of us have extra life. Somewhere that's different from the other. If, if you check the anatomy, every man is the same. So why is this one wanting to rule over that one? And this one wanting to, to have an edge over? It's clear. It means that their gaze has nothing to do with the spiritual. Their gaze is in the natural. And if any man is looking to the natural, you will never see into the spiritual and receive blessing from there. Amen. I should close in like 15 minutes. What will help us. Amen. I know we are still waiting for the message, but the Lord will help us. Although we are, we are, still, we are, still, we are seeing something. Amen. I think I'm just talking more about the, the aspect of Amen. The aspect of being elevated. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, the thing that a man would naturally go for, right, is Things in the natural, because that's what we have been trained to go after, right? Think about your own thing. Have an edge. Don't, don't think about your neighbor. Your neighbor does not matter. Don't think about, I mean, as long as you are okay, that's what matters. Forget about uh -huh. All those things are natures that Satan put in us so that we don't have any bearing of the spiritual. So you can have somebody praying, speaking in tongue, hot, can kabash, and then read their Bible. And then, can you please share what you have? It's not even just give everything, just share. <laughs> Problem. It's the same soul that will enter. <laughs> we enter bread race, a wood. They know how to take their, their brothers home, but they, they are old, they will never give. <laughs> Anything about giving, forget it. Why? Because the soul has only known how to take, not give. And now, is that soul kind of spiritual? Okay. Is that kind of nature in God? It's not there. So, you know, clearly, we have a problem. But in order to Okay, I'm switching, but in order to 
You have to solve that problem because that's, that's, that, that solving that problem is part of the salvation of the soul that the soul needs to go through to be saved. They need to remove things from the soul. Amen. So in order to remove the things from the soul, they need to elevate the soul. The soul can't be where it is and then be able to receive salvation. The soul needs to be able to, to think and fetch from a world where resources for blessing, for saving, can flow from. So that is why they need to get us born again first and then wind us up to be elevated. So what we need to be doing is drinking the spirit, drinking more of the spirit. I mean, why? For, to receive the will of God. When we get born again, let me go, let's go to that Ephesians and I think, <coughs> amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God will help us. This oh, Ephesians 1, we'll read it. Where's my Ephesians? There we go. Amen. So, like I was saying, we need to be able to receive things from where God keeps them, which is in the spirit. Amen. God did not keep our blessing in the natural. And what God keeps calls blessing is not house, is not car, or any of those things. What God calls blessing is when a man can know his will. If a man can know his will, he's a blessed man. So if we are praying every day, Lord, bless me, Lord, bless me, what we are just praying for is, Lord, I want to know your will. Amen. Because the will of man, sorry, the will of God, is what can raise a soul. Like I was explaining on Saturday, that Paul said, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus, to the faithful in Christ Jesus. So, Paul an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. It is by the will of God. So the will of God, like I was saying, is a raiser of souls. The will of God is a bringer of life. When you have will, you have life. Amen. Now, I want us to see what heaven calls will, right? Because it's possible for us to interpret will in English. And I think that's where we get stuck most of the time. Right? I'm not saying we can't fetch from there because, of course, that's some, that has some aspects to it. But the will of God is not the way men think about will. We are seeing clearly that the will of God, right, is what we call blessing. Or is where the will of God... The will of God is what keeps blessing, which is able to raise souls. Amen. Amen. I think the scripture I wanted to read is Colossians 1, right? Verse, I think, 16. Mm. No, not, not 16, actually. That's different. Mm. 
in verse 1, you see Paul again here, but there's a verse I'm going, but I want to quickly read verse 1. It says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God. Again, an apostle by the will of God. Now, it can't be an apostle without him coming to know the will of God. And the will of God is not that my will for you is to be my apostle. Right? It's not just that. Of course, there's some element of that because by, by the time the will finished raising him, it was glaring that by the will of God, he's meant to be an apostle. Right? But the will of God is something that raised him. I will now see that, hey, God help me, I don't know. I'm, it's not too clear yet, but God will help us tie it together. But you now see that the will of God that raised him is not, like I said, it's not just knowing that God wants me to be, but it's something capable of elevating his soul. So the will raised him to become an apostle. And we know that an apostle is not just a name or a title, right? Apostle means is sent for something or is sent for what he has been raised for or raised with. So what raised him is what is an apostle of. Amen. So he's an apostle of the will of God. Now, the will of God Is okay. Let me read it here. Say to the saint, say when you read Colossians and Ephesians, they are almost the same, almost. Or you see a lot of things similar to that to to to, the, to them, both of them. Amen. Says to the saint and faithful brethren, it's almost the same way he greeted Ephesians in chapter one, in Christ, which are at Colossae. Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So we give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Since we have, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus, and love, and the love which you have to all saints, so he has moved from verse one of Ephesians to verse fifteen now, right? To all the saints, says for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven. Said the hope, you see, the, the scripture is always talking about it pointing to a place, heaven, heaven. Blessed be God, who are blessed with all spiritual places, spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ heavenly places. Then it says again here that for the hope which is left for you in heaven, wherefore ye heard before in the word of the truth of in the word of the truth of the gospel, which is come unto you as it is as it is in all the world, and bringeth forth fruit as it doth also in you, since the day ye heard of it, and knew the grace of God in truth. As ye also learned of Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is for you a faithful minister of Christ, who also declared unto us your love in the Spirit, for which cause we also, since the day we have heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that ye might be filled. You see, let's look at the word there. You might be filled. So this is something for to fill you, right? Filled with the knowledge of his will. Filled with the knowledge of his will, meaning that you must know his will, filled with the knowledge of his will. So what that tells us is that 
the, the knowledge of God, so the knowledge of his will, or his will is an archive of scriptures. Lo, I come, as it is written of me, in the volume of the book, as it is written in the volume of the book, to do thy will. O God. It is written in the volume of the book to do. Now, what it is written is for to know. What you know is for to do. Right? So that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will. And I said this again. In all wisdom and spiritual understanding. With the knowledge of his will. In all wisdom. Ah, there's something I want to say here. I don't know how to say it. But I think that I say it because I'm, I'm actually particular about time today. So, And God will help us. Amen. Uh, it says, Feel with the knowledge of his will, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. The knowledge of his, to be filled with the knowledge of his will, in all wisdom. And spiritual understanding. Filled with the knowledge of his will. Meaning being full of will or of being full of blessings. In all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Meaning that you must know, you must know wisdom and understanding. Inside wisdom and understanding, you can fetch will. Right? So inside of wisdom and understanding, you can fetch will. You can't know will, or I can't know will, without having access into wisdom and understanding. Because wisdom and understanding will begin to break down what will is. And wisdom and understanding is what begins to open scripture. Amen. So, it is wisdom and understanding that opens the scripture or that opens the volume. When the, the volume contains will, the volume is will, right? It contains what the volume is, all, the vol, all that the volume is about is concerning the will. But the will is concerning wisdom and understanding. But they call it spiritual wisdom and understanding. Now, the program of blessing to a man or the program of elevation is when there's the activity of wisdom and understanding upon his soul. Amen. Amen. See, this, this operation of wisdom and understanding is what opens up scripture. The operation of wisdom and understanding is what brings about the comparison of scripture with scripture. Amen. Amen. Or that, com- that brings about the comparing of spiritual things with spiritual. I think we, we need to explain something called, there's something called spiritual. Ah, I don't want to go in that direction. Okay, let me simplify it. 
Spiritual is not praying every day and reading the Bible every day. But as, as children of God, we should read and pray. <laughs> so I'm not in any way saying don't read or pray. I'm saying, well, after you've done that, right, or maybe after all the activity of that being done and everything concerning that, let's not summarize our whole Christian life as just those activities. There are things that we get from there. From that, it's not just that activity, it's the life that flows. So there is what we call the spirit of wisdom and understanding. They are the ones that make men know being. Or give access to men into blessing. So who is a blessed man? A blessed man is he who can know scripture. Or a blessed man is he who can receive scripture. Receiving scripture is receiving heavenly blessings. Or receiving scripture is receiving the knowledge of will. Then when we receive the knowledge of will, that thing can raise a soul up. Because that is actually what is for elevation. But before you get to wisdom and understanding, you must have drinking the wine of the spirit enough. That is, the, that is the need, right, to move up spiritually, to begin to think about a different place that is not natural. Where we need to fellowship in the, see, well, the place that we say we are in, seated, we should fellowship there. Fellowship should increase, increase. There is, if the fellowship is for the natural, that fellowship has not mustered enough strength to elevate. It's not all fellowship that elevate, right? You can fellowship and still remain on the plane. You can, you can fellowship and not move up spiritually, right? No, because I know we define fellowship as you're coming together, right? And when we come together, we, uh, I'm not just talking about people coming together, I'm, I'm talking about the, the, let's say, I read my Bible, oh, I'm just fellowshiping with the Lord today, I've prayed, and I'm just meditating on scriptures, those things are good, right? But if what comes out of that has not pushed the soul to desire spiritual things, that soul is still remaining, it's not yet elevated. I know we pray, God, lift us higher, lift us up. We pray all those prayers. God, lift me up. And when we are thinking of God lifting us up, we are thinking about how much money we land in our account. We are thinking about having estates. We are thinking about having breakthrough. And I know that breakthrough has to lead somewhere. Every breakthrough has money tied to it. <laughs> Every breakthrough has money tied to it. Why do you, why you hear people say God give a ah, breakthrough? Now don't talk about people that are looking for heavenly things now. Because now, thank God, we've now we've now started having conversations of ah, we had a breakthrough. And when we say we had a breakthrough, we are not talking about money. We are talking about a soul understanding why they should change and be like God. We are talking about a soul. Thinking about 
loving his brethren more. We are thinking about a soul, thinking about giving rather than taking. We have a soul thinking about giving all that they have to God. That's a conversation of breakthrough that God has helped us to start having now. But before, we don't have breakthrough. Breakthrough doesn't look like that. Breakthrough has to do with money. I marry. I gave birth. Uh, we delivered somebody from Satan, uh, from demons, right? Oh, that was a breakthrough. Ah, breakthrough. I'm trying to just imagine different, different breakthrough experiences. And then, right, all those, you see, receive your breakthrough in Jesus' name. God did it. What a breakthrough. Those ones are even more, see those ones about even passing school breakthrough. It's even awesome. If compared to some things, to me, breakthrough in school is better than breakthrough for money. Because you see that one about money has a lot about worldliness around it. Worldliness. Why? Anything. Mama. Money. We should fear money. Money has the weight. Although there are other things. But money has the weight to pull a soul out of the heavens. You might be looking to Jesus. Now, money has the power to take that gaze off and just look down. How many of us that they put one million dollar near you and you will not look at it? Hey. <laughs> just, put, just, just put it aside. Right? Just put one million. And they, they, annu- they announced it. This bag has one million dollars. And they just put it right there. Do you know, do, do you know, do you know what will be happening? They just look at, somebody look at that bag. Image, vision, ah, thank you, visions. You will calculate every, t- every possible thing you can do with that money. They, they don't even have to announce that that money is yours. You just need to know that it's there. Ah, that money can be mine. What will I do with this thing? Right? Now, Satan did that on purpose. Right? Satan did that, and it's to pull our gaze. Now, the only thing a soul should be looking for, where the joy of a soul should come from, should be heavens. The heavens. The heavens. The heavens. The heavens are meant for blessing. If a soul can look to the heavens, the soul can be blessed. And that is why they began to make us drink of the spirit, pray in the spirit, read scripture. When you read scripture, have desire to enter into the heavens. Don't just read scripture blank. Don't just fellowship with the spirit blank. Love the flow of the spirit. See that wine that you taste and you love it, right? Desire it more. When you are reading, if it's not coming, there's nothing wrong in desiring. It's okay to desire. Desire the spirit. Fall in love with the spirit. Make sure that your gaze is constantly concerning spiritual things. Now, these things, we need to understand that 
Now, because I'm talking, I'm not talking any high revelation or anything like that. I'm just talking about a soul moving away from the natural. It takes power to do that. That is why Holy Ghost is given to you and me. Part of the part of the work of the Spirit is to bombard the soul with graces to begin to move into the heavenlies. Why by giving you wine, just winding us up? Pray, as you are praying in the spirit, your tongue turns to prophecy. Those things are sweet. Is, is it sweet? Yeah. It's okay to desire such things. Yeah. There's nothing wrong. Do you like the spirit? Yeah. Enter the spirit. Do you like prophecy? D desire to prophesy. Amen. 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 And I'm not encouraging us to be in the flesh, but I'm just saying there are, there are just things in the spirit yes, that, that should be natural to the soul. There should be more joy about there should be joy about encountering the spirit the joy there should be more than receiving one million dollars we all know how, we will, how happy we will be if one million just land just one million eh? one million may be too much again so let me just say hundred thousand just hundred thousand dollars right the moment we might say we love God though Right? But the moment, the moment we see that cash, there will be joy in the soul. Now, what am I saying? What are your joys? Are your joys coming from the heavens? Now, we are rounding up sooner, and that's the thing. Is our joy coming from the heavenlies? What our joy should come from, where our joy should flow from, is, is things pertaining to the heavenlies. I can tell you that there is a lot more joy from things in the heavens than the things in the natural. Amen. Amen. Now, the joy, the satisfaction we can get from heavenly joy is more than anything we can ever imagine of. Now, you've seen, taste, and see that the Lord is good. We've tasted of the Lord. We know that it is, how do we know that it is good? The goodness is as a result of the joy that we receive. Because that is the true joy that the soul should actually delight itself in. Amen. You can, the soul can delight itself in many things. But there are other things that the soul should delight itself in, that it should give itself to. It's love for the spiritual. And I mean, when I say love for the spiritual, it's not just about going to church alone. I go to church, I, I, okay, I've fulfilled all right. You know some of us, we grew up with, with, with graces to go to church because that's how I've been raised. But when you check the content of the soul, there's nothing joyful when it comes to the spiritual. The only thing that is joyful that you can find in the soul are things concerning the natural. But the Lord is saying, no, take your gaze off the natural. Begin to look more into the spirit. He says, I have much more joy in the spirit that can satisfy the soul. So why do you, why do you hunger for that which satisfies not? Now, it means that there is something that the soul is looking for is satisfaction. And you, what the, only, the only language that the soul understands as satisfaction is blessing. Wherever blessing is missing, forget satisfaction. Wherever the soul has not come into blessings, it can't be satisfied. That is why when you move into the spirit, you want to stay there, you don't want to come out. That is why when you're in the spirit, and you begin to pray in the spirit, there is a lot more joy from those things. It is important to look towards those things than the natural. Can we receive strength to love God more? 
Amen. Love God. I know, I know all of us here, we love God. In, I mean, we, love, we love God. Awesome. Amen. But I know that we can love God much more. Amen. Can we love God more? Can we take more joy? Can we take joy in the things of the Spirit? Can we take joy in the things that comes from the heavens? There are heavenly things that our eyes may not have seen before, but heaven wants to reveal them. There are things, it is, it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. What is the kingdom? The kingdom are things from his whole world. Amen. What is the kingdom? The kingdom is himself and Christ. Right? Because we have the kingdom of Christ and of his God. Amen. But when you, when you put those, things, those two together, what, what you see are the things surrounding their world. There is, there is a world where joy flows from. See, there is a city. <laughs> That's the word. There is a city which make it glad. Can we read that scripture? I think that's it. And that, and I want to read it and then we'll end. What's that scripture? Psalm. What's that Psalm? Amen. I know some of us will know. Ah, this Psalm. I don't know. I can't remember this Psalm. Who knows this Psalm? Who stream make it glad? <laughs> for the six four. Okay, thank you. So for the six four, let's read it. It says, "There is a river, yes, the stream whereof shall make glad the city of God, and the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High." Said said the holy place. Said there is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God. Shall make glad. There is a stream. Amen. The stream, there is a river. So that river has a stream. Amen. There is a river. The stream. Amen. Whereof shall make glad the city of God. Shall make glad do you know that the intention of God is to make you a city? Of course, I mean, we are talking about a company. But a bank can also be a city. Amen. Amen. So the stream make it glad. It means those that love the city, they partake of the stream. If you don't love the city of God, what's it? There's a stream, there's a river. The stream make it glad. The city. It means that those that are in the city, they are full of gladness. If you can find yourself in that city, eh, you can come into gladness. You can be glad. Why? Because you will begin to take of the streams. How many of us know that the scripture is a stream? The scripture is a river. The scripture is a word of is is a the scripture is is rivers. It means that do you enjoy reading scripture? For you to be glad. Do you know when you begin to engage scripture, you are moving into a stream. It's a different stream from the stream that the world gives. This stream is for those that are in the city of God. Why? For the purpose of making them glad. Do you look, you know, gladness is different from happiness. Gladness is even different from joy. 
gladness is the highest level of joy a soul can come into. If do you have you ever tasted of gladness before? Have you ever read scripture and your soul begins to move into heavenly places you've not known before, and then your soul is just delighting itself in gladness, and you just want to remain and just stay in the presence of God? Amen. Those are the experiences a soul should delight in. Those things should be our natural estate. When we are moving, going to work, doing our business, when we are uh, taking care of our children, when we are cooking, when we are cutting grass, for those that cut grass, amen, when we are clearing snow, do you have gladness from a city? Are you living in a city? Do you know that heavenly places are cities? Do you know they are cities of God? The first heaven is a city. The second heaven is a city. The third heaven is a city. All of them are cities. Amen. They all have their stream. Their stream are streams of thought. When you have a stream, a stream is what brings flow. It's a flow. A stream is, you know what a stream is? A stream is, is a moving water. You, you know a river may not necessarily move. A river is a reservoir. A stream is a flowing river. And you must be able to follow the stream. Flow with the stream. Now this stream does not flow downward. It flows upward. It is for those that are falling in love with the city of God. Can a soul be elevated to move into the city? You can't be earthly and fall in love with the heavenlies. You can't be earthly and fall in love with the city of God. You can't be earthly and enjoy the stream that make it glad the city of God. Can you find yourself in the city of gladness? Move into gladness. Enjoy. Can gladness be the order of our day? Can gladness be the thing of joy from the soul? Can gladness be what our soul is looking for, is gaining for? Now, how can you gain gladness? Look into the spirit. The spirit has enough water to bring to the soul. The spirit has, has an accomplice, is the scripture. When you move into the scripture, move into the spirit. Can, 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 can the joy of your heart be spirit, spirit, spirit? For fall in love with the spirit. Why? The letter kill it, the spirit give it life. It means that the only place we can touch life is by moving into the spirit. Can you move more into the spirit? I know most of the time when we're going about our day, it's very easy and it's very, very easy to just think more about the things that we are doing, right? Because we have responsibilities. Right? We have a responsibility to take care of our kids. We have a responsibility to take care of our home. We have a responsibility to go to school, to go to work. We have a responsibility to go and marry. We have responsibilities to, what else again? To make money, I guess that's it. Yeah? All kinds of responsibilities. But I, I want us to know that all those responsibilities, they're not as important as moving into the heavens. They're not as important as receiving life or enjoying the life that is in the heavens. The life of the heavens is different from the... See, all the life that we see here is, is nothing. This is not the real life. This life is not real. But you can live here by living in the city of God. Can you move into the city and begin to partake of the streams which make it, which make it glad the city? Partake of the stream of the city. Let the city begin to, to be your joy. Have fellowship more. 
fellowship in the spirit, fellowship with the word, pray in the spirit. Let all the things like this be the, the gladness of our heart. Now, is from that sense we should now we can have direction for our normal life. We know we are spiritual people, but this thing ought to be the reality of our heart, not an idea we know. Amen. Being joyful, the, the joy of the city of God should be the order, it should be the desire of the heart. Amen. So the city, the gladness of the city should be the string that pulls our soul. Can we fall in love with that? See, whatever you are doing is not as important as falling in love with God. Then falling in love with God and all the benefits can then flow into every other aspect of our day of our life. The wisdom from there can teach us how to raise kids, can teach us how to work, can teach us how to marry, who to marry, where to marry from. The, that city has all the wisdom you can think of. Then we now begin to live from there and begin to, to, to fetch the joy from that city. Then we now realize that heaven, the heavenlies, is, has a superior why the heavenlies have a superior life for our soul to partake of. Amen. I pray that heaven would help us to begin to fall in love more. I guess that's the word, to fall in love more with the city of God. Amen. When we fall in love, when we say with the city of God, we're not just talking about a place. When you talk about the city of God, think about God. Because everything about that city is him. Now if you want to think about the city of God, just go to the book of Revelations, right? In 22, 23, and then 21, 22, sorry, right? And then begin to see when they're talking about the city, the things they describe there. When you look at it, is they, are they talking about houses and money and goods and children? No. They're talking about beautiful things. They're talking about light. When they talk about the city, they talk about light, right? The light of the city. They talk about the material of the city. They talk about the water of the city. That would what that means is that nothing should be important to you more than all those things. Yes, Amen. What should be important is the light of the Can the light of the city come? You know the light also eh, is tied to the stream. So when it, but when you, here's the summary. When you fall in love with the city of God and its stream, when you fall in love, there's no way you fall in love with the city you will not fall in love with the stream. Or let me just summarize it this way. Falling in love with the stream is falling in love with the city. Because the stream make it glad the city. So if you can partake of the stream of the city, it's sure we'll fall in love with it. It's sure what will be what will be the desire, the, the joy. What, imagine light being what makes us joyful. It's not it's not money or what ten thousand. I know that I understand that ten thousand dollars can give some level of you know, but I can say that let light 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 has to do with. The knowledge of will, right? Light has to do with knowledge, has to do with the moving, because light also carries things. The same way water carries things, light is also a carrier. Inside light, you have different different light spectrum or colors. Light carries colors, and the way it interacts is how you can absorb. When when light is interacting with things, it's talking about absorbing and reflecting. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. 
Can we pray? Amen. We have, I think that's it. We are ending. I'll just begin to pray. Amen. That heaven will help us to fall in love more with the city of God. When we're thinking about, let's think about the heavenlies. That heaven will help us to fall in love more with the heavenlies. With the blessing in heavenly places. That the heaven, heavenly places will be more of where our soul dwells in. That our soul will find delight in the heavenlies. That our soul will not find delight in the natural. That wherever the natural want to install strength of gladness, that heaven will show us mercy to receive grace, to fall in love more with the spiritual. That things in the heavenlies will be, will be the order of our day, be the order of our joy, will be our joy. Amen. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your gladness. We thank you for how you've helped us to just look a little bit into your word this morning. We ask, Father, that you will show us mercy, uh, that grace to fall in love more with your city you give to each and every one of us in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray for the stream of your city, that it will begin to flow into our heart to elevate us up to, our, to your world in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, because you've answered our prayers, for we worship you in Jesus' mighty name. You dwells between the cherubim, shine for You dwells between the cherubim, shine for You dwells between the cherubim, shine for You